Hello. Good evening. Can you hear me? Yes. And blessings. And welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347 324 5552. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Um, as Leslie said, my name is Haas Manning. I'm an actor from Newark, New Jersey, and um, I'm very uh, excited and thankful to have this opportunity to have a discussion with uh, Dr. Ishmael Griffin, uh, the president of the Crossroad Theater. Um, so, Mr. Uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Griffin, um, I know you wanted to uh, talk about a couple of plays. Um, that have gone on to Crossword Theater very soon, so um, you can jump in whenever you're ready, sir. Yes, uh, I thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I, I want to say at the outset that um, I really appreciate uh, the time to come and to talk about something extremely important, not only to this region, uh, New Jersey and the Northeast, but for our country, uh, the Crossroads Theater. Um, I am um, the new chair board of the Crossroads Theater, uh, which is located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, uh, at um, at uh, 7 Livingston Avenue in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And uh, I want to start off by sort of giving the, li- the listening, uh, uh, the listeners, uh, the viewers of this show, a little bit of history about the Crossroads Theater, because I think history really instructs us. Uh, the Crossroads Theater was uh, founded in 1978 by... Ricardo Kahn and L. Kenneth Richardson, who at the time were two graduate students at the uh, Rutgers School of uh, Theater. Uh, and Crossroads as a theater is committed to work that examine the life, the history, and culture of people of African descent. Uh, since its founding, Crossroads has filled an otherwise empty space on America's cultural canvas with a body of work that remains unparalleled today. Uh, it has broken ground through the development in its original works from throughout the African diaspora and has uh, maintained positive imaging of black life, history, and culture uh, for a uniquely multicultural audience. Uh, We're entering our 36th season. Our artistic director, our managing director and theater director is uh, uh, Mr. Marshall Jones, and our artistic director is none other than the founding um, one of the founders, Ricardo Kahn. And um, for, the, for the listeners, it's, it's really important that um, this kind of theater and these honest portraits of people and their stories, uh, and we're, we're talking not only about just the black experience, but we're talking about the experience of people. Um, this honest portrayal has developed and moved the consciousness of community forward by building bridges of dialogue, understanding, and veracity between people of all backgrounds in the society and the world. Um, Just a little bit more about Crossroads. It's been responsible for premiering over 50 original plays that have gone on to become some of the most important in American theater canon. Um, Equally significant is the fact that many writers and artists of prominence today acknowledge their beginnings at Crossroads particularly within the African-American theater community. Um, for those who don't know, luminaries such as Ozzie Davis, Ruby Dee, and Shoki Shanga, and August Wilson uh, are included among these. Uh, and for, serve, for decades, um, Crossroads has filled this, this void in American theater. Um, lastly, for those who don't know, uh, the theater was uh, awarded a Tony Award for Outstanding Regional Theater in 1999 for these efforts. Uh, We continue today uh, premiering our 36th season, which uh, contains the work actually of four playwrights from New Jersey. And we're so happy to be able to present this to the viewer audience and let them know about the history and the culture that is presented here uh, from a a, a small stage in New Jersey. 
Wow. Well, I, I just learned the earful. <laughs> um, thank you very much. With the history of um, the Crossroad Theaters, I've been there myself many times to see some plays and um, outstanding performances at every time I've gone to one. So um, I know you guys uh, have coming up um, a play that uh, is going to be, it's written, or I'm sorry, a revised play of um, Mr. Mosley's uh, do you can you talk to us about that? Um, oh yes. Yeah. Um, last year we were so fortunate to premiere a play by the famed um, uh, writer Walter Mosley. Uh, many of, uh, of, of, of the people or the viewers will know or will be recognized, Mr. Walt, uh, Mr. Mosley, as um, the writer of uh, *Devil in a Blue Dress*. Um, he's the author of more than forty-three critically acclaimed books. He's won the O. Henry Award, the Grammy, and the Penn Lifetime Achievement Award. He uh, wrote his first full-length play that premiered at on the stages of Crossroad in April, a play called Lift. And in this season, we're so proud to announce that Lift has, has been picked up by an off-Broadway theater house, the East 59th Street Theater, and will be uh, premiering, I guess, in off-Broadway in October of this year uh, as part of the Crossroad season. We're... we're uh, of course, uh, producing, managing the show, and it's being uh, sponsored on the stage of East 59th Street Theater. And we're so very happy as we move into our 36th season to be able to present such an important work. Yeah, I um, actually met Mr. Mosley once um, in New York City. I was shooting a film, and he came on set. I don't know, like maybe the director invited him to come on and... um, but I must say he was actually an, a really, really quiet, but very forceful man with a lot of presence who was very informative, gave us, you know, at that time I was pretty much getting started into the into the entertainment business. And he was extremely just so informative and in helping me, like, you know, answer a lot of questions for me and, and um, just great dialogue that he was having. So I can just imagine... Um, the vitality his shows give off um, in person, you know, in theater, because uh, his voice is, you know, very, very well respected and, and revered in, in the arts. So um, that's that's an amazing, uh, uh, I know that's going to be an amazing play that um, you guys are going to uh, produce and sponsor with him. Yes. Um, you know, I, I want to say something. Um you know, this crossroads and the, the theater that has arisen here over the last 36 years represents a part of American culture. It's a mm. part of the legacy not only of those of African descent, but of all people in the United States. Um, you know, like many other um, artistic venues, we're going through a rough uh, financial time over the last several years, and it's so important to realize that we have to support our cultural institutions particularly ones that have advocated for the role of the arts and passionately advocated for positive, accurate portrayals of people of African descent. Mm. Um, it, it's so important. Um, I, you know, I don't like to use the word um, political, but if you may, in, in ways this is slightly political in the sense that there are so many negative images and there's so many inaccurate images mm. that have uh, put out there. Um, and it's so very important to have a place where we can see this work done in a professional manner, of course, right. that really allows us to discourse on our history, on our contributions to this country and this world and to society at large. I mean, this theater is made and appreciated by everyone. It's a theater that is appreciated by, by people regardless of race, gender, or skin color. It's a theater about truth, and uh, as I mentioned before, about veracity, and it really promotes a space, or it's a space in which we can have honest and passionate dialogue between people about something that's very, very significant for this country. Um, sometimes, you know, um, it's uh, a little bit despairing to me when I see that uh, we can go out and purchase um, uh, movie theater tickets 
for a concert ticket uh, for hundreds of dollars, and we don't support cultural institutions that um, really uh, have been so important to us. Mm. You know, I want to say I, I think that uh, Ms. Settles, the audience development manager, may be calling, and I, I, I want to be able to as well give her a chance to um, – to really speak, she's been with the theater for many, many years, and I wanted to know. I just got a little bit of a, you heard a ping, so uh, that's um, that's her uh, uh, trying to reach me to let me know that she's in the queue and waiting to share her input on the theater. Is there any way that we could bring her on? Yes. Yeah, so she, does she have the call-in number? She's oh, yeah. on. Okay. She should be on. Susan, are you there? Yeah, can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. we can hear you. Oh, that's great, because I'm listening to Ishmael and, and thinking just about my journey, and one of the things that is really missing is, like, this organic movement of crossroads. And from I have been there on and off for over 20, 20 years and actually started with the building. And I can remember Roz Neal and I, who's the theater facility, she manages uh, sales at the building, and I were driving by the building one morning, and we just saw the beams and just got out to look at it. And an elderly woman walked by and stood with us, and she said, Oh, my God, that's mine. And as I'm talking to you right now, it, it brings really tears to my eyes. So when we think of Crossroads, it's 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 a it's been built by families, you know, people who were at that point in their thirties, thirty thirties, who are now aging out, who are now in their what, almost in their in their sixties, and people in their forties. Some of our our guild members are now in their nineties, and they just keep hanging on because we believe that when you come to the theater, you are just going to leave with much more. Than you brought, and I don't know how to share that with the people that are listening. But when you walk through their space, there's just something there. There's something magic about seeing yourself represented on stage. And as uh, Ishmael, Dr. McGriffin uh, stated earlier, um, it's a, it's a primary. Ricardo and Lee Richardson, L. Kenneth Richardson, were students at Mason Gross at the time and wanted to go out into the world and you know be be theater uh, performers other than consumers and couldn't find any roles that show them in an in an honest, you know, an honest portrayal of, of African-American life and culture. So therefore, they got together, and I believe it is with Sir George's restaurant in North Brunswick, and looking out the window, they, they talked about um, how the, how the, how the um, roads connected, and that's how they came up with the name of Crossroads. The crossroads came out of that. They just wanted to put those things on stage. So though we primarily we say that we do works from the African diaspora, represent works of black people, how we appear in the world, and just does not limit it to just um, African-American artists. But uh, to that end, our audience is aging out, and there's so many options for, for entertainment that, we, you know, we we don't get um, the marketing that we deserve. And so on that note, uh, Ishmael knows this. I've started a, an initiative called Cross Connect, where we are actually reaching out to people, the millennium generation, um, to get them to, to um, carry the torch. And to that end, we've met many, many times. We've sat together, we've dialogued, and I've asked them, I said, what would it take? For you to come to the theater, and basically they they answer the same answers. They say we want to find people like ourselves. We want to hook up. We want to be inspired and 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 motivated. So, um, in the fall of um, 2013, the Cross Connect had its, its first event, which was uh, centered around the the world premiere play Kansas City Swing. Uh, and we are doing that for each of the events. So uh, with Lyft, the cast, we had we had an introduction in actually in the theater, and because it's about 
Walter Mosley is about language and about the word that we had young people stay after the play and um, sort of like an open mic where they just talked about or they performed. Uh, the cast members came down and some of them shared a poem or a monologue with us. So it's exciting. We're doing things to bring 30-year-olds to the theater, 30-year-olds to the theater, because we know once we get them there, they they will be empowered. I'm a retired teacher. I know I'm rambling, but this is important to me because I think that everything that is wrong in this world today is because someone, some child did not get their needs met. And the import, most important of that is regard and respect from others and actually from yourself. So when young people come to our theater, they learn about themselves. They start to buy, um, build an identity for who they are. And that's what we want to happen. And then we want those people, and then we want to uh, encourage people from all walks of life and all cultural groups to come to the theater and learn about each other. Did I talk too long? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking about Walter, because Walter came to the theater. We had a conversation with Walter Mosley, and he basically got on the stage and said that people would stop trying to be black and white and Asian, I mean, and uh, Jewish and Chinese, and were just Americans and Spanish and English. Then there would be no problems in the world as us trying to define ourselves beyond our country, because we're all citizens of of the world. I thought that was just really, really cool. And you're right. He is an unassuming but very brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. The, the thing that I like about Crossroads is that it does that through a uniquely uh, African-American or African diasporic lens. You know, it, what we're really talking about is uh, universal themes. We're talking about people because we are people. We're talking about human values. You know, it's, it's really interesting. Um, you can go see uh, a lot of entertainment, but I, the theater is an experience of both of, of writing, it's a visual experience, and it's an, it's an, an audio ex- experience. But more than that, um, it's an experience in which, uh, if it's done right, as we've tried to do at Crossroads, we can uh, be an artistic home for people who want to really portray uh, a value. Uh, something that really uh, can break out of the box, uh, can move beyond the commercialism that we see today. Um, it's so very important to, to, to support this theater, and theaters like it, not just Crossroads, but theater like it, because it's our vehicle, it's our voice. And when we, when we lose that voice, um, I know, as you probably all know, given the recent events in this country over the past several weeks, we become powerless. Um, and it's important that we don't render ourselves powerless by giving up our voice, by giving up a channel by which we can express what we want to say, our reality, our existence. Um, and um, that's what drew me to the theater. It's, it's an ability to make a difference on a higher level. And, uh, you know, Susan mentioned about Crossroads Connect. Um, we will get there. I think the youth are responding. Um, they understand. Uh, there uh, is what we would say rolling in. Uh, and as with all things, in due time, they begin to realize themselves what their foreparents have, have set forth, the, the valuable and, and precious legacy that they've left. And we're just so excited. We're just so excited about being here in, at 36 years. We're excited about our upcoming season. Uh, I'm going to have Susan, uh, let Susan tell us about those dates and times in which we're uh, opening our season. And, um, and, we, and, again, we thank you for this opportunity to just say the obvious. Uh, because, you know, honestly, there are people out there that don't know, that literally don't know about the Crossroads Theater. They don't know uh, its, its place in our history, and it's important for them to know and give them a reason why they should support, why they should check it out. Is, can, am I still on the queue? Yes. Yes. Oh, Okay. Um, but you know, Ishmael, when he talks about the season, we are we're opening with Zora letters from Zora um, by Gabriella Denise um, Pina, and it's starring Vanessa Bell Calloway. Who, if anybody has ever seen Vanessa, not only is she gorgeous, she's extremely talented. Um, I can recall her in what's I think it was a Tina Turner movie, What's Love Got to Do with It, and which was several years ago. And Vanessa still looks the same today, but it is an, it's just a powerful. Uh, um, play about, you know, Zora Neale 
her Thurston. And I'm, I say for those people who don't know her, they don't know that they need to know her. You're right so about for me, this play is, it's like sitting in her living room and actually being physically in the space with Zora. And we're with our Cross Connect, we are going to do an event around that. In fact, um, on September the 6th, we have a free concert in New Brunswick at Boyd Park, where we have a, uh, a uh, I can't even think of her name, Oops, it slipped my tongue. But Gary Gary Edison will be doing uh, selected feature poems from uh, the poetry of Langston Hughes, but we also have a jazz trio who will be performing uh, songs from the Renaissance in the, in the style of that era. But Cross Connect is having a, uh, a contest, a writing contest, a prose contest for um, that production. We're also looking forward to having a Zora Neale Hurston scholar, Dr. Cheryl Wall, who's internationally known, and a um, professor at Rutgers, um, to have a feedback, talk back after one of the shows. So we're excited, really excited about that. And Ishmael, you said our season, and then we will, our next production is Holiday Jubilee, which is our fourth Holiday Jubilee. It's our flagship piece, and where we Marshall Jones, our uh, producing director, came up with the concept of let's do something every year that people will look forward to, a family show. So how they do believe is a celebration of cultures through music. And even though there's there's a storyline, last year it was Motown. Um, it, was a, it was a performing arts high school, and they were preparing for the show. But we would change the storyline every year. And then, then it's followed by... Um, Nicole Salters, Repairing a Nation, which will be its first real stage reading. We staged it in our Genesis Festival. Crossroads is basically a premier theater, and we like to bring in new, not new writers, but uh, new pieces with talented actors and writers. And our fourth uh, production, which is closing our main stage season, is Autumn by the, the Richard Wesley. Wow. And it, <laughs> by Richard, and he, it's a world premiere, and it's about, it's a political play about a local politician in North Jersey who wants to be governor. So that's just main stage, and then Ishmael, we're going to have our Legacy Month again where we celebrate the legacy of Crossroads. Last season, Ricardo Kahn and Elkin of Richardson, our founders, set they um, introduced it, and it was a look back to the years at Crossroads. I, I'm getting chill bumps as I sit here and really talk about it. So we're excited. We're really, 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 really excited and, and welcome this opportunity to just share our enthusiasm with you. Because for my mind, it takes a lot to put put the, the simple truths of, of human lives on the stage at Crossroads. Mm-hmm. But it, it takes you. It takes everybody. We want theater consumers as well as as performers to, you know, appreciate what we do. Because we can't buy it back if we give it away. (laughs) (laughs) It's not back. We can't buy it back. (laughs) Right about that. Susan, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, I wonder how many uh, people know about the magnitude of 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 a writer, of a playwright, the magnitude of a Richard Wesley. You know, it's, they it's, don't. They you know, don't. And he like August. Not um, I. I put August Wilson and Richard Wesley and Walter Mosley kind of in in the same in the same tribe. <laughs> yeah. I do. They don't know about it. And it's interesting, Ishmael. People, young performers who come to the theater, for example, they don't know that the Colored Museum George C. Wolf piece was premiered at Crossroads. They don't know that. They don't know that. Uh, Viola Davis was at Crossroads before she went to Broadway. Stephen McKinley Henderson, whose whose play is like selling out, uh, what is it, from Riverside to I don't remember the last. They don't know Anthony Chisholm. They don't know that the BBC was there last season recording August Wilson's uh, play with the original cast members from Jitney. They don't know that. They walk by that theater every day and look up and have no idea. And what is really surprising that young performers don't know 
the history of some of the productions that that they're reading scenes for, performing it. They don't know that they came out of Crossroads. They yeah, don't I'm, know. <laughs> trying to get over Richard Wesley. That's just in and of itself. That's that that's magnanimous. I mean, he's a beacon. He's been our voice for so many years when it comes to black theater. You know, him and August Wilson and others and you know, to be able to uh, partake of a premiere play by August Wilson, uh, you know, that's just amazing. I mean, and I don't know, um, you know, how much is a Beyonce ticket? You know, <laughs> how much is a, a, a Jay-Z ticket? I, I don't know, but, you know, certainly for me, uh, looking through a historical and cultural lens, this is so much more valuable, so much more valuable. Well, we have to somehow pass that that on, and you know that's why my whole fo- my my focus this year is to get the young people I- into the theater because I know once they come, they'll be there. I know that once they come, they'll be there. So we that's all, that's incumbent on us. We have to do that. We have to, by any means necessary, uh, throw the ball, pass the torch, keep the stories, keep the lights burning. Yes, so true. So what I was speaking of um, August Wilson, people don't know that he was in residence at Crossroads when he worked through Jitney. Jitney was worked, what I want to say, perfected, I might as well say, at Crossroads. And though I, I guess we couldn't call it a world premiere, but I believe that it was done there first. And he was there with us for almost six weeks, just August. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was so cool. <laughs> I had the opportunity to pick him up at the um, airport, as well as Rosa Parks. Can you imagine that? I'm riding around in a limousine with Rosa Parks just chatting. People don't know that. They don't know that. We don't know our history. Wow. You know, I, I, I you know, I want to make sure that the listeners know that um, we are um, producing. Our, our, our uh, director, Marshall Jones, will be producing lists. Uh, that we showed it on our stage in April, but that it's been picked up by a theater company in New York. Yeah, I, I heard that too. Thank you for that, Ishmael. Is that it was our play first? We were the producers of that play, so it was a world premiere, Crossroads, and it's moving off Broadway to 59 E59. Yeah, and Marshall as well and are, are actually. Uh, 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 are moving to New York, if you will. Marshall is producing mm-hmm. it. Uh, the uh, the original cast is all in place, and in ways, even though it's being housed at East 59th Street, it still is a crossroads venue, and it literally is a crossroads venue. And so, it's an opportunity for those who missed it last season to be able to uh, go to New York and see such a, a wonderful work by uh, Walter Mosley. The uh, when is the start date, Susan? It's October 24th, I believe. October 24th is the first preview, and I understand tickets are selling very well. I I would just not miss this opportunity to to just be so close, up close, and, and Walter will be stepped, you know, be there periodically. Who knows when there may be a sighting <laughs> of, of Walter Mosley? Um, yeah. So yeah, the 24th, and it runs through November. I'm not. I think it's November 30th. It has a nice run. Yeah. But go to the website at 5959. We're kind of split now because we're we're opening this play in New York, and we're also opening the um, Zora at Crossroads, and we're also doing a concert in the park, and we're also so <sighs> a lot to do. I'm grateful for it. Yes, yeah, so we are busy. Um, <laughs> Excuse me, <clears throat> Susan, this is Leslie Gist. Could you uh, go into depth about all the things that you are doing so that people can join these different venues that, you know, and events that you guys have set up? Well, one of the first things I please recommend that everybody go and like us on Facebook. And that's a way to stay connected. And if any actors, I mean, if anybody's listening who has also and anyway, anyway, been a part of Crossroads, we have an alumni page that you can also like and you can join that page. But what's happening this on September 6th, uh, we have a free concert in New Brunswick's Boyd Park, and that's to launch Zora. 
with uh, Gabrielle Pinal's play was the death of Belle Calloway. Then on September the 19th is across at Crossroads we have our third open mic Cross Connect. Um, the Cross Connect I want to say team at Crossroads is presenting its third open mic, and that is to engage that millennium generation, younger people, and, and something that they can relate to. So our open mic is almost a talent showcase. Uh, it's hosted by Dorian Swain, who is a writer, celloist, and harp. She plays harp, and she also plays cello. She also writes, and she's an actor. So she will host it, and she will be co- it will be co-hosted by Mo Bright, who's a spoken word artist. But the talent is sort of... Is, is organic. There are people that have come through here, and we've looked around, and I've said, basically, <laughs> me, I said, you know what, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity. So that's a very exciting. We'll have a live band. We do have people, um, we do have a program, but people can come and sign up the night of the event. And then the next will be Zora. The first production is October the 9th. Um, following and Zora runs October the 9th through the 26th. During the final week of Zora, we will have a conversation with Dr. Cheryl Wall, who will be talking about the preeminent Zora Neale Thurston Scholar at the theater that dates to be announced, but it will be in the final week. And we will also have Cross Connect Friday. So I'm just all of these things are going to be on our website, and that means that all of these young people who come, who have uh, organized around promoting Crossroads, they have, they will have an evening where they will come and see the show, and then meet with the cast members after. You, you know, <laughs> so what's really on, interesting yeah. is that I, I went to one of the, um, the Cross Connects things, and you know, this is really about the, those things which are distinctly intergenerational. Um, mm-hmm. Can you hear me? And so, you know, I, I have to admit, I'm not a rap fan, but I actually sat and I actually learned to appreciate some good rap. You know, I, I come out of a generation of uh, R&B. Uh, I know a little jazz. I'm very familiar with uh, some of the progenitors of the hip-hop movement, Erica Badu, uh, D'Angelo, and I'm very appreciative. So one of the things that I learned um, as an as a older guy, quote-unquote, is that, um, you know, I learned too. You know, going to Crossroads Connect is really a bridge. It works both ways. You know, sometimes we come across very condescending to our youth, and we have to understand that we were all young one day and that, you know, there's really uh, basically genius at, at any different uh, period of, 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 uh, in the, of our lives and that, you know, there are inspiration that come from youth. So we invite the youth. We engage them. We dialogue with them. Uh, we don't sit apart from them. We, we consider them as an ex- a part of the tradition. They are making the tradition as well. And it's so very important to understand what we are doing at Crossroads and what we represent. We represent a unified whole community which understands all of its parts. I just want to say that. You know, Ishmael, interesting about that because that works both ways. It works both ways because even though the young people, some were, are, you know, were rapping, we had some music, Mo, you know, did his Motown rendition. It kind of all worked together. But they were just as respectful of our generation. Like we had some older people who came to this event, although it was I was targeting young people. The age range was from 21 to about 70, with the bulk of the people being in the you know younger. But the older people were so excited, and this this young lady, this old I call her I call everybody young, even if they are in wheelchairs with canes. So this young lady who could hardly walk was sitting in the balcony. She said, "I love this. When's the next one? I'm coming back." Because we want to connect. We want to. We want to connect. See, I believe it's the young and the and the the young people and the older people, and I, I uh, call that the young and the wise it's who true. need it, to connect. Because it really is about the, the art. You know, like yeah. I um I I, I learned um, and I not learned, but I, I understood better. So the the whole this whole movement of spoken word. There were a couple of rap artists and spoken word artists. Essentially, spoken mm-hmm. word, when mm-hmm. done well and when done in a way, you know, art is art. And there's some universals to it, and I I really appreciated it. And I'm saying this, you know, I I hadn't had a chance to tell you this since that night, sort of what my thoughts were as I was sitting there in the audience and really experiencing this uh, wonderfully 
uh, uh, orchestrated show. I mean, from the host to the young people that came up there, enthusiasm, and, and we really got to push this. It's really so very important for our community to embrace embrace our history, embrace our culture, and the culture that is currently in the making. Yeah. You guys who are who are hosting this show, what do you think? What do our hosts think? They're quiet, Susan. Well, for, for one, this is Hodge, and I, I think it's an amazing thing about the uh, cross-connect and building the gap between the quote-unquote age differences. But I just wanted to touch on something that was very um, unique to me because um, – when I was in high school, we had I went to arts high school in Newark, and oh, we used to compete. Oh, so, yay! <laughs> yay! Are you an alumni as well? No, but I see you don't want to get me talking because when I taught school, I taught everything through ah, the arts. Everything. Okay. Okay. Everything. Well, we, we used to have a. Didn't know they were artists. <laughs> I had I had to let you know that Haas is very young. Haas, please tell them how old you are. Well, how old are you? I'm 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 32 actually. Oh my God! Hi. What would I you do? You are my focus group. <laughs> so when we were in high school, we would go down to um, to uh, Mason Grove, and we would compete mm. against all the schools in New Jersey that had a theater department. Mm. It was called uh, it was called Stanja, and I remember once my junior year when we went to uh, the school, I remember my friend and I like cross, like finding the, the Crossroad Theater and was we said to ourselves, one day we're going to be here. One day we're going to be here. You know, we're going to perform here. And, you know, it's, it's a full circle now because talking to you guys and, and still being a performer myself this, to this day, it's just like, I'm having a huge aha moment, you know, like, I don't know. But another thing I wanted, I wanted to talk about was the whole perception of African-American, especially men, because, you know, that's my that's where I can speak from, in, in the whole entertainment business. Um, as an actor, I've auditioned for many, many, many TV and film and everything, and one in particular, I went for an audition for a TV show, a very popular TV show, and I was going in as a quote-unquote thug. And um, when I got to the audition, I did it the way I saw it myself. Mm-hmm. And my my manager called me afterwards, and she, uh, she like, literally went off for me. Hmm. And she said, what did you do? What did you do? What did you do? I said, well, um... I brought the humanity to this character. Mm-hmm. You know, just because he's a quote-unquote thug, he's talking to his daughter. The next scene he was with his mom, and the next scene he was with his friends. You know, the the humanity of this character exists. It's not, he's not pounding his chest and, and raising his eyebrows and speaking loudly with his two-year-old daughter. And that completely caught this manager off guard. Mm. And she told mm. me, when Middle America turns on this tape, the, turns on the television, we don't want to see that. We want to see all they want to see is who you're supposed to be a thug. We don't want to see any layers. Give them what they want. Shit, wait a minute, hold on. I'm tongue tied, but go ahead. I'm And and and. She said, I can get 300 other black young, and she was Jewish. She said, I can get 300 other black young actors off the streets of Hollywood right now and get them in his, in his office and do this. I said, well, you know what? By all means, go ahead. Now, Lester. Well, you know what? I got her as my manager. You know, because at the end of the day, if I'm not allowed as an artist to bring the humanity to a character, and you don't believe that as my representation, my manager, my agent, whatever the case may be, then you don't see my vision. And my you vision right now um, is to really break that stereotype. That is my mission is to, okay, fine, 
I know everyone has to start off some way, you know, and at this at this time, being young and being black and being a male, that's what is expected of us to do most of the time. But at the same time, okay, I can, I, I can do that with my eyes closed, but how can I sprinkle in the humanity of this person, the little bit of magic that he has when he's with, alone, alone with his daughter or his girlfriend or his mom, you know? Why? why? Hello? Wait, wait, Hello? wait. Something, Haas. Here's the here's the point about this. I'm uh, sorry for interrupting. I'm going to have to leave this call. Have a conference call at eight at eight thirty. But uh, I just want to say to Haas that that is just so incredible. And as a consumer of theater and as an artist myself, you look for that in a person. You want to see that to to care about them, whether they're. You, there's something always there. But hello, and I hope this can be continued. I have to sign off now, and thank you uh, for allowing me to be on the call. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. You know, Sahaz, I want to pick up on something. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Sprinkle In. Well, you know, listen, this is what we've got. Uh, Ricardo Kahn and, and, and Lee Richardson, two young black men, formed this theater in the 70s, and they set out to allow a venue where you just don't have to sprinkle it in. Um, here's what it is. I mean, we do works by premier artists focusing on the African diaspora. You know, this is a, a, a precious medium by which we can really not just sprinkle it in, but we can uh, basically delve into the, our complexity. Um, right. and, 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 again, it speaks to what I've been saying all along and the reason why myself, not even an artistic person, a physician no less, uh, is involved in this theater, and that it is essentially something which is, uh, if, if you will, um, and, and a lot of people don't like this word, but there is an element of political in this, in the sense that we are keeping a door open so that we have an ability to express ourselves in ways which are not according to the commercial market. Um, and, and, you know, it's so very important to know that. I mean, black theater itself is suffering as a result of the fact that we don't patronize. We simply don't patronize. And we're, and, but, you know, and it's, for me, it's a matter, as my mother would say, of having a little bit of everything on your plate. Now, I don't mind um, all the ways in which we spend money, but it's just important to have a balanced meal. So, right. if, you know, every once in a while you uh, took in uh, uh, some TV, some uh, reality television, that's fine, as long as you have something to balance it. And right. so Crossroads represents for us is the balance. Crossroads and theater like it represent the balance. And we've got to make sure that we eat a balanced diet. I'm coming as a physician that we eat a balanced diet. Because you know what happens when you don't eat a balanced diet? You tell yeah, me. You, well, you, you, your body's not functioning correctly. Yeah, you get sick. Right. So, you know, I, and, I, and I, you know, it's unfortunate that I'm hearing what you're saying, um, but it's also fortunate that we're having this dialogue. And it's also right. that we're getting... The, the knowledge of, of this resource in our community out there. And, and, and we're, we're continuing to move forward. We have a reinvigorated uh, 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 board. We, we just won an award from the governor's office. Uh, we have been nominated this year. We won a theatrical, we're being honored by the New Jersey Theatrical Alliance. I mean, we're getting uh, the kinds of accolades that really represent the kind of work that we put in. You know, I, I want to really give a kudos to our uh, director, Mr. Marshall Jones and Amy Bajolet, for the work that they've done over the years in really putting forward a, a series of plays which have been just outstanding, just outstanding. I mean, not only just Lyft, but last year we, we, we had some productions which, you know, it, it, uh, it, it was amazing. So the thing about it is, is that here we go. And, and, again, we thank you. We thank you, Leslie for uh, giving us a chance to really tell this story. Dr. Griffin, really quickly, um, for all the young performers out there, actors, um, can you give us any tips for uh, auditioning in order to perform at Crossroads? Yeah, you know, I want to sort of, as you say, stay alone. So my, my role in the theater is I'm the chair of the uh, board of directors. Um, I appreciate theater. Um, I've done some theater, but those kinds of things are really handled by our um, director, our two directors and our artistic director, Marshall Jones, Amy Bajali, and um, and uh, uh, Ricardo Khan. What I would say in sort of my experience in watching is that it's important to really hone your craft. 
Um, you know, I, I was sitting um, at Crossroads Connect, and there were various uh, rappers that got up or spoken word artists. And one of the things, truth be told, is that there's a difference between getting up prepared and there's a difference between checking, you know, uh, how you present yourself in terms of your articulation, voice tone, body movement, and things that are just baseline to um, uh, basically theater. And I think that, you know, there were some young people that did it well, and there were some, frankly, that didn't come prepared. So the one thing that I will say with my involvement with the theaters over the years that I've been involved is to prepare and to really take your craft seriously. There are so many people that don't see the value in studying. Um, it's not just about getting up and, and, and putting a flute to one's mouth, but really studying the flute. You know, uh, acting and, and theater arts is, is, a, is, a, is a line of work that uh, has to be respected, and people have to know, just as in law, uh, in uh, uh, music, in sports, you have to practice. You have to mm -hmm. practice craft. Thank you. I, I totally agree with that. You know, I always tell some of my friends when they ask me, that, you know, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actor. I say, okay, you need to get training. Oh, no, I don't want to do it. I just want to straight to the red carpet. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, how can a doctor become a doctor if he's not trained fully? Would you trust a doctor that doesn't have a degree and know what he's doing? No. It's the yeah. same exact thing with acting. You need to be able to get the skill. It's not just something that some people are naturally gifted, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you have to really hone in and really polish that talent, and you yeah. do that through training. Yeah, and, and most of the, the great actors that we know, that's what they've done. And, and, you know, we don't like to face this reality, but as an observer, you know, when I'm at the theater and I'm seeing the works being done and I'm watching, um, you know, the, the practice and the adhering to just the basic principles of acting do come across. Uh, you know, um, you know, and here's the thing. We're so accustomed to eating uh, bad food. You know, uh, we have been, we have settled for less. But we have this reality TV phenomenon where people can get on, uh, uh, you know, uh, into the, the, the television and they can bring into you anything, uh, sort of like a sensationalism that, um, it, and unfortunately, is selling. The harder thing is to be able to stand flat foot and not necessarily need to fight, need to scream, need to scratch someone's eyes out, need to curse in order to sell uh, your right. – um, and, and so that, that's really a distinct thing. And I've, I've noticed that uh, we, we, we need a resurgence. Uh, it's so very important uh, to, to support uh, black theater because we need a resurgence. It's the only way that we're going to fight back some of the um, – the cultural degeneration that we've seen and that we were being exposed to and our youth are being exposed to. I do mentoring sometimes with some, with some youth, and um, we have to fill out this form about bullying. And one of the options was reality TV. And I, at, at the, at the, you know, when I first saw it, I said, wait a minute, what do you mean by that? You learn reality TV you is, right, reality TV is a passive way of bullying because... It's not just passive. It, it, it's actually quite real. If you watch it, most of it is just intimidation, personal intimidation and bullying. It teaches bullying. Well, yeah, that too, but when when you see the people with all these cars and these huge homes and this and the clothes and the bling, 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 you know, oh my gosh, I have to get that. I have to get that to any measure, any by any means necessary. I have to get that. So it's like a false reality, reality though, because most of that stuff is rented. You know, so a lot of the people don't realize that, but they go to any measure to say, I want to get what such and such has, or this person has. You know, so I personally think that it is a very strong way of bullying because you will do anything to get that and knock anybody down to get that kind of car or those kind of shoes or that kind of whatever. So it's kind of creeping in. You know, it's beyond voyeurism. It's, 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 a, it's, it's going into, like you said, it's going to our, the, the way of thinking, the, the psyche. is really changing a lot. And, and I, about I have a question. Actors. Yes. I have a question for you, um, Haas. Is there a defamation league, as in the Jewish defamation league, when it comes to um, media? for African-Americans because the, the uh, airwaves 
are, um, you know, just uh, just completely obliterating our images of our black men, and it all ties into what's happening with Ferguson and what happened with the chokehold. Um, so, you know, for what you what you uh, did when he asked you to play that role, um, it mm-hmm. reminds me of what Denzel did. He had a big break, his first film, and the title was The Nigga That, w- they, that Couldn't Die, something to that effect. And right. um, he went to um, Sidney Poitier because it bothered his consciousness and soul about taking this job. And he had little children. He was very young. He needed the money. Right. And Sidney told him, you know, you know, you would be typecast. And I think as a people, we're being typecast. Because Absolutely. all, you know, all, the, all of these negative images, as you said, the reality shows, teaching bullying and all the fighting and, um, you know, the, the, the um, glamorization of, materialistic things. Um, you know, it's changing our values and it's changing how people perceive us, not just here, but all over the world. And I'll yeah. say this last thing and I'll let you answer. Uh, when I honeymooned in Egypt, I was so shocked when we first turned on the television that the first show that came on was Bad Boys, Bad Boys, um, uh, which showed, you know, the cops throwing down a black young man and arresting oh, wow. him. And I said, we can't get away from this. You know, this is just all over the world. So what do you have to say about that, Haas? Um, I think it's true to everything you're saying, unfortunately. Uh, Especially especially as as an actor. Um, There are times when I've gone in for a for a role for an audition, and it and it said on the breakdown, African American male, twenties, da 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 da. That's the you know they call it the breakdown. I get to the audition. I'm the only African American male in his twenties. Everyone else are either white or or um, or uh, Hispanic or Asian. So I'm saying that to say that. In 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 this realm, mm-hmm. they the depiction of us has always been, you know, as I said, the thug or the or the pimp or whatever the case may be. And I think the media is really, really, really making it worse. No, it doesn't matter how many great actors that would never play a thug or who has, and 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 twisted it. I think it's just. You know, something that they want on a day to day, not just not just for uh, media. If, if that makes sense to you, it, it's something it that they're trying sense. to depict every day. Because, I mean, just 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 a little example. You know, I've gone. You, everyone knows elevator rides are the most uncomfortable rides ever. And when you're in Manhattan, and you know, you're going to the thirtieth floor, and you're the only, you know, black male or black person on the, on the elevator period and everyone starts to grab their purses or grab their wallets to make sure that, you know, is so all of that type of stuff just and every day is it, it, that media is, 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 is moving. I don't, I don't know if I'm making, I'm speaking eloquently, eloquently enough to try to say what I'm saying. It's all in my head, but I can't pull it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but simply, yeah. Yes. Can you help I, him I, out? Because he's doing fine to me. Can you reassure him that he's doing yeah, let me, great let me, job? Let me, let me jump in here for a second. Um, I want to sure. show this. Uh, we just um, uh, featured a play last season by the famed Walter Mosley, who is a visionary. And let me sort of counterpunch by saying, not counterpunch, but give you sort of an idea. Lift, the play that is uh, now going to off Broadway and that course, which is producing, is about two young black. 30-something individuals in corporate America. The main character is played by Biko Asin Martin. He is in around your age, uh, Haj. And a young woman, Mama Yo Baefo, who are two people, two young black people in corporate America who get caught in the elevator. Now, without giving the complete storyline, they get caught in an elevator. 
uh, and they get to know one another in their complexities. Um, you just mentioned a scenario where you're going in for auditions and you're being typecast. And I'm going to ask a question to sort of mm-hmm. highlight the value of this theater. Where else do you find characters written like that, characters written in a way which do not defy the stereotypes? We just presented this last season. We just presented this last season. You know, and so, you know, it, it's kind of interesting that I'm hearing this, but what I will say again is that this is our voice. This is our way of really reclaiming our voice and being able to tell the stories in the correct way and not necessarily falling into the trap of, of commercialism. You mm-hmm. know I mean? and, it, and it is. And, you know, and people don't like to hear it, but it is true. It is, it is fundamentally something which, at this point in time, for all that what we know, something political. It is both artistic, the survival of these theaters, they are, their survival, the theaters that do this type of work, is a political matter. Mm. Are we still here? Yeah, we're Hans, here. Do you, see, oh, yes. do you see any hope in um, uh, theaters, not theaters, in films and um, studios such as Tyler Perry and Will Smith? Does that bring, I do. you know, any? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, for a selected few. To be, to, this is my personal view on that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there there are actors who have made it. You know, who started off a certain way and went well beyond how they, you know, how they got introduced into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I do believe there's hope. Um, we all, everyone thought there was going to be that, that, that open door once, you know, Denzel Washington and Holly Berry won and Sidney Poitier got, we was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, this is it, this is it, this is it. The door has broken down. And then, boom, <laughs> back to reality within the next month or so. You know, but it's a continued struggle. Um, and this is why I, I tell a lot of people, like, that are actors, especially African-American actors, when you get into this business, it's something you have to be beyond passionate about, beyond love, because you are going to a lot of obstacles. Obstacles, you know, just for being who you are. You know, so I'm agreeing with you, Dr. Griffin, because knowing that there's a space where you can go to, like a crossroad theater, and have that comfort zone knowing that, you know, this is a place that we can truthfully speak uh, our truth freely, that to me is much more, that's, that's part of that hope for me, Leslie. That's mm-hmm. part of that hope to know that those kind of, mm-hmm. t- these kind of theaters exist. But on a, you know, on a film and television world, I, I do to some degree believe that there will be a change. I don't know how quickly that change will be, but I do really think that it's moving in in the right direction. But it's going the to last have to take a lot of... We wrap oh, up. Yeah. Uh, the last question before you, before you wrap up. I mentioned Tyler Perry, Doctor. Um, how many of your um, your actors, writers, you know, artisans, made that transition. We know they've been to Broadway and off-Broadway, but how many of them have, uh, not how many, but can you just tell us a story of any of your artisans that made the transition, um, not only to Broadway, but into film? I, I don't have that exact figure, so I, I don't want to... Oh, no, not the numbers. I just said if you have any stories of any, any particular person you want to share. I know you said earlier, uh, uh, well, Susan mentioned a few... Speaking, if you if you um, if you watch the career of Tyler Perry, it, it's not as mm-hmm. simplistic as most people would think. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, thematically, in his in his plays and the kinds of things he's been able to do, as he's mm-hmm. gotten money and gotten the ability to express himself more uh, independently, 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, there, there are examples. I, I don't criticize uh, art forms. What I just, mm-hmm. you know, what I'd like to say is it's a matter of having, again, a balanced diet. And so mm-hmm. there, there are niches, there are niche, there are niches for, for everything. And, and mm-hmm. the thing we have in, in, in theaters by Crossroads is a niche, which we have to preserve. Um, it's right. like the, and I get another analogy. It's like the uh, prongs on a, on, a, on, a, on a chair. You need four. You need four legs. You remove one, and what happens? Topples. It topples. So, you know, we, we understand, and, and we know what's mm-hmm. happening with reality television. We, we know what's happening with most portrayals of blacks on, in theater uh, and in mainstream media uh, videos, what have you. Um, and I think that some of that uh, uh, uncovers a certain truth, but we just need the ability to uh, start at the, at, the, at, the, at the core, get some writers that are writing about things substantive, that are ability to get their works on stage. I, the whole, just the whole uh, ability of, of a writer getting his or her work on stage, you know, this is, this is phenomenal. You know what I mean? An independent writer. And that's what Crossroads does. You know, we have... Um, Obie Wood Award winner Nicole Salter uh, in this year's season uh, uh, giving us Repairing a Nation. That play is about black reparations. You know, we have uh, Richard Wesley, a giant, uh, giving us a premiere of his work, Autumns. We have Letters from Zora, which go back and they look at the works of famed writer, famed African-American writer Zora Neale Hurston, and her thoughts as expressed in her letters during her age. That's, that's priceless. That's true. That is excellent. Well, any um, parting words for uh, for you, Haas, and then we'll let the doc uh, close out. No, I'm just very uh, thankful to you, Leslie, uh, for inviting me to be a part of this. It was very enlightening, and um, just it's, it's just very great to know that we have an outlet. Um, like at Crossroads to be able to, you know, have our voice continue. So thank you to you as well, Dr. Griffin. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, again, I just want to let the viewers know about our theater at 7 Livingston Avenue in New Brunswick, uh, New Jersey. Uh, we start off our season with um, uh, the Letters from Zora, starring Vanessa Bell Calloway, and I believe that opens October 9th followed up by a work that's done in conjunction with the East 59th Street Theater, Lift, by Walter Mosley, which opens on October 24th. In the remaining Crossroads seasons, we have uh, Repairing a Nation by Nicole Salter. Uh, We have our Holiday Jubilee Week in December. And uh, later in the spring of 2015, we're premiering Autumns by by Richard Wesley. Uh, Leslie, thank you again for this opportunity. Um, And... um, from all of the uh, management board uh, and staff at uh, Crossroads, we just thank you for this ability to get the word out. Wonderful. Um, we will have you back on as usual. Uh, you'll be back on to talk about uh, your health um, side of your career and, and all the great things that are happening. So, again, thanks, and everyone, thank you for listening. We'll be back on at Sunday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Have a good thank night. You. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. Thank you.